Hey everyone, uh, welcome back to another episode. Well guys, I am following up to the last episode regarding the solar powered water pumping situation I need to implement for the off-grid ranch for my off-grid home. Uh, has some good news. Um, I was able to find um, three or four um, water pumps that, that can accommodate exactly what I wanted to do as far as pumping water I, um, up the elevation I need and the distance. Um, so what I did was, um, since I'm not over there at my off-grid ranch currently, I'm on the other side of the island, um, I there's an app. There's actually a couple of apps that you can download that will allow you to pick different locations on a map. Like you can zoom all the way in to like the ground or a house or anything and you can drop a pin on top of it okay and as soon as you drop the pin it, it'll actually give you the coordinates but also give you the current elevation of that pin on the ground so whatever you drop the pin onto is where it's going to be pulling the elevation from so i went ahead and dropped the pin at where we're going to be in, uh, moving a water tanker to and so i dropped the pin there and then where my actual water tank is, I actually dropped a pin right on top of my water tank. So on the app, you can zoom in and you can see everything, right? It's kind of like um, a satellite view and you can, you know, move the pin or drop the pin wherever you want. And so what I did was uh, I took the difference between where we're putting the water tanker and where I'm going to be putting the water pumping station, essentially, um, uphill to where my water tank is at. And believe it or not, I'm actually, I'm actually very happy. The elevation change is anywhere between 80 and 90 feet elevation, straight up. So if I if I was to draw a straight line from where where, where the water tanker is going to be straight up into the sky, um, in order to meet the same elevation as my water tank, that's actually you know half a mile away um, next to my home. Um, it's about 80 to 90 feet difference. So it's not too bad. I was expecting a little bit more. And so I'm really happy that it's only about 80 or 90 um, feet in elevation difference. Which means I can get away with a um, cheaper pump. I don't need to buy the best of the best pump, right? Some of the pumps I was looking at um, are what I'm going to end up using is well pumps. And a lot of you guys are familiar with well pumps in the mainland. But here in Hawaii, we don't know, we don't use well pumps um, because it's either two things: either we have county water um, or we have um, rainwater catchment systems. So on the side of the island where um, you know where the ranch is and all that stuff, um, you know it's all county water. It, it doesn't rain enough there for water catchment systems to make sense. But if you go on to the opposite side of the island where I'm currently at right now. It's essentially like a uh, a rainforest, right? And so um, it's ra it rains all the time, and there's water catchment systems all over the place. In fact, there is no county water anywhere on like in in a lot of these areas um, because of the terrain and how everything is. Um, everyone uses water catchment systems, so we're not very used to using wells because we don't have wells here. With the exception of some um, high-end, uh, multi-million dollar um, subdivisions 
they, they, they might drill their own well. But we're talking about just the everyday person like you and I. Um, there's, it's not very common here. So I found some well pumps. And some of these well pumps um, will go, you know, 200, 300, 400 feet deep and pump water straight up. And that's what we call elevation, right? So the bottom of your well, depending on how deep that is, coming straight up the pipe um, into a faucet or into a pressure tank or another holding tank, you know, that's the, the elevation difference. And so in my case, I am going to be utilizing the well pumps that many of you may actually use um, in order to achieve this. But instead of me dropping the well pump into a well, I'm actually dropping the well pump into a water tanker. Like I said, the water tanker holds, I believe, anywhere between 15 to 20,000 gallons of water. Uh, so it's a lot of water in this water tanker that we have. And it's an, uh, it's an aluminum water tanker. So there's no rust, no nothing. It's super clean inside. In fact, when we first purchased the water tanker a while back, um, we actually completely cleaned it all out. Um, it was already clean, but we wanted to make sure it was, you know, clean to be used. So we actually washed out the insides. We actually repainted it. So it's in really good shape. It's really nice. There's no rust, nothing, because it's obviously aluminum. So um, I'm going to be putting the well pump into the water tanker. And then from there, I'm going to be pumping the water out of the water tanker and uphill about 80 to 90 feet uphill. Um, and the distance from the water tanker to my water tank itself is about half a mile long, okay? Because my driveway is roughly about one mile long. And where we're gonna put this water tanker is gonna be about the, the middle of the driveway. So that means I still have about half a mile of water line that's still there, right? So yeah, that's what I'm gonna end up doing in order to pump the water, which makes me very happy. Because if we started pushing 400 elevation, 500 elevation, that's when things get expensive. Because now the well pumps that I was going to utilize in order to accomplish what I need, it starts going up 5, 6, 7, 800, 1200. It gets even more expensive depending on the type of pump. But I was able to find a cheap pump, and I'm taking a little gamble on it, for $80. It's an $80. I applied a couple, couple coupons to get it, um, a discount on it. So it actually came out to like $78. Um, and it can actually pump 200 feet in elevation. Um, I've seen some reviews on it. And one, one person stated that he's pumping water 150 feet in elevation from where the source of the water to where he's bringing the water to and he's been operating it for the last three to five years somewhere in between there and still hasn't had a problem so they're pretty reliable on that side of things um, but because this pump is more on the cheaper side I could essentially buy you know an extra one or extra two or three of them just in case one does break I can swap it out and because they're inexpensive it's not really a big deal but if the, the, if the current one that I purchased keeps breaking regularly, then obviously I need to change my game plan and get a better, uh, more quality pump in order to pump that, you know, pump the water. So I'm going to take a chance with the $80 pump, uh, well pump, and see how it does. From my understanding, it looks like it's going to work just fine. But hey, until you put it into the real world, you just never know, right? There might be some issues or some corks that we just don't know about. But I'm crossing my fingers that um, we have no issues with the pump itself. And even if the pump only lasts, say, you know, three to five years, that's okay. 
because at that cost, I can easily buy another one, you know? But like I said, if it starts breaking like every month or every year, then I need to reevaluate my purchase decision and find something else that's going to be a more quality pump. That way, instead of replacing it, you know, every month or every year, I'm replacing it like every five to 10 years or something of that sort. And there is options out there, but obviously it's a way more money. The original pump that I was thinking about going with, I think was, was going to run me about 600 bucks. Um, and so for $600, I mean, I can buy quite a few of these $80 pumps if I had to, right? So I'm still way under my original budget that I thought I was going to have to spend in order to pump water. So that takes care of one thing. That's just the well pump that doesn't include anything else. Um, now, the well pump itself is one aspect. Um, solar panels. I need solar panels because I'm going to be doing a direct connection to the solar panels. No batteries. No nothing. Just straight from the solar panel, straight to the well pump itself. And the well pump can work on 24 volts. Actually, the well pump, um, the operating range is 24 volts. It can actually run on 12 volt. So anywhere from 12 volt to 24 volt. Um, but they're saying for the maximum um, lift of water for, you know, um, distance, um, 24 volt at 4 amps, which works out to about, what, 96 watts, 98 watts, somewhere around there. Um, so that's not bad. So direct connection. So I already have the solar panels. I am good to go on that. Um, the, the bracket system to, you know, mount the solar panels I already have and own. Um, leftovers from when I was doing my solar system for my home. So I have a lot of extra, extra leftover components I never utilized that I can utilize in this project. So now that takes care of the water pump, the solar panels, the mounting of that. Now here is the next trick I am still working on currently. I am trying to work on a system where I can put a um, water sensor or a float sensor in my water tank. And wirelessly communicate that signal to a um, little relay of some sort to basically kick the water pump or the well pump off when my water tank is full because it's so far away. It's a half a mile away, right? And I don't want to run physical wires because that's half a mile of physical wire that I essentially now have to bury or put in conduit or even zip tie to my current water line. And, you know, the wiring itself over time in the sun or the animals stepping on it, you know, I can, I can already see a problem happening already, you know, down the road with the physical wire. So if I can get away from a physical wire and go wirelessly, um, that's way more beneficial. Um, so I'm currently working out the bugs. I am trying to figure out a way to implement a couple different devices. I'm just trying to figure out the, the best situation for me, something that's going to be reliable. What I'm currently trying to do, I'll kind of give you guys an idea. Um, Sonoff. Sonoff. The Sonoff devices, you can buy them on Amazon, eBay, all over on the internet. Okay, And they have different models and stuff like that. But the Sonoff is basically a Wi-Fi enabled switch, essentially or a Wi-Fi enabled relay. Now that'll work great for kicking the pump on and off because the pump only uses, it's at 24 volts at four amps. Well, the Sonoff switches are anywhere from 10 to 16 amps. So I have a buffer there, so I'm safe for that device to be used on it. And I know that I could put that in line and remotely turn it on and off. 
right? As long as I have the Sonoff connected to Wi-Fi. So I do have a um, um, Wi-Fi device that I can put down there permanently next to the pump so the Sonoff device can communicate through the internet and be linked up, you know, in the essentially in the internet, right? So I can control it through my phone, I can control it from my computer or whatever, anywhere that I'm at. I don't have to be right next to it in order for it to work. So I know that's how I'm going to probably turn it on, the turn, have the pump turn on and off. The issue I'm having right now is I'm trying to implement the, the float or the water sensor in the water tank, right? I need to be able to put a sensor of some sort that triggers something to send a signal to the Sonoff device that's going to be at the water pump itself because, you know, I can't run a physical cable. So that's where I'm at right now. So right now I'm trying to figure out how I can tie in um, either a float sensor or a, um, a, a different type of sensor, e either a float sensor or another type of sensor, somehow tie it into another Sonoff device, right? And somehow have it send the signal, link them together somehow, where, you know, once it reads a signal, it sends the signal to the other Sonoff device to trigger that device to turn off or to turn on. You know, you can program the Sonoffs to do a lot of different things. Um, so that's actually where I'm at right now. So I'm only about one or two components away from actually having a complete game, game plan of making this work, right? So I pretty much have everything else I need already, except for the Sonoff devices, if I'm going to use them. I'm looking at other options as well, but they're looking promising. Plus, they're super cheap, so I can buy a couple of them. If they break, I can always replace them. A lot of people use these Sonoff devices for their light switches. They'll remove the light switch and hook it up and put it behind their light switches so now they have a smart light switch. Um, they also use it to control many other things like motors, pumps, um, irrigation, you know, a lot of different things. You can put them on timers. Um, so <clears throat> they're very versatile. But um, what I'm going to be doing as far as hooking up a water sensor um, to the Sonoff um, is where I'm actually at the bottleneck now. I'm just trying to figure out how I'm going to make that work. And if I cannot hook up a water sensor of, of, or any type of sensor um, to the Sonoff device, then I need to find a different wireless device that can accommodate the um, sensors that I need to install, right? And then I have to make sure that it can communicate with whatever device I decide to install next to the actual well pump. So I'm trying to, I'm really hoping that I can implement the Sonoffs together to work together. So basically once one Sonoff reads that the fl float valve is full, it's all the way up, it triggers it, sends the wireless signal through the internet um, down to the other Sonoff device to say, hey, shut off the pump now, shut off, right? And that's, that's exactly what I want it to do. Am I going to be able to get it to do that? <laughs> well, you know, I'm not no programmer. Now, I know that you can program the Sonoff devices. You can put different types of firmware or code into them. But I am not a code person. I don't understand code. I don't understand any of that. Okay, I'm not a programmer. I don't understand it. It confuses me. It actually frustrates me. Because I do see some people out there where they're programming these things with certain codes in order to accomplish, you know, certain things. Um, and some of it is kind of similar to what I want to do problem is, is that I am not, I don't understand it and it completely just frustrates me. 
<laughs> like it does. I was trying to look into it like last night and I'm like, oh my God, I want to pull my hair out. <laughs> it's very frustrating, guys. So I'm trying to figure out another solution um, of what I can do here. But that's essentially my bottleneck now is deciding on the sensor I want to use and making sure that I can connect that sensor to some type of um, wireless Wi-Fi device that will read it and in, in exchange, send the signal to another device to trigger it on and off. That's exactly where I'm at now. And now keep in mind, we're running everything on DC power. We're not going to have any batteries because only when the sun comes up will it turn on the Wi-Fi devices. Will it turn on the Sonoffs? Will it turn on the, um, the well pump, right? I, I really don't want to have to put any batteries in place if I don't have to. Sorry, guys. We got dogs barking over here for some reason. Let's see. We actually had um, four pigs um, come into my other, um, not the off-grid ranch um, yard, but um, another yard I'm at, another property. And um, it, they, the pigs ended up rooting up the um, yard. <clears throat> so we're actually trying to um, figure out a solution to stop the pigs from coming into this other property we're dealing with right now. Let's see. I'm looking at the dogs and I can see the dogs barking and looking at something, but I don't see anything. So, but yeah, that's kind of where I'm at now, guys, with the um, um, whole water situation. Um, also, the person that installed the backflow prevention system is going to be coming back out to the ranch. And um, he is going to actually uninstall it and install it in a different um, orientation. Um, to try to streamline our pipeline so that way we don't have as many bins because for every bin you have in a pipeline it has restriction or drag because it's hitting a corner and it has to turn right so the less bins the less corners um the better flow you will have in general what is going on Um, but sorry guys, the dogs are going off over here and I'm trying to figure out what are they barking at? What's going on? Huh. So, um, yeah, that's where I'm at now. So I'm trying to wrap my head around the idea of trying to implement some sewn off devices with some sensors to communicate with each other. Right. So that's where I'm at now. So wish me luck guys. I'm trying something new that I've never tried. Um, but you know, it's the fun part of learning, but also the stressful part because you're learning it and you're also trying to implement something that not many people have ever done. So, um, you know, you're kind of breaking the ground with something new, you know? So anyway, just a really quick update on that. Let me go out there and see what's going on with these dogs. They keep looking at something and keep barking. So I'm going to go deal with that. Thanks for tuning in guys. And I'll see you guys on the next one.